Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of Team Drops the Ball, Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. Hi, right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Andrew, I hope the people that were at the Pelican House drank themselves silly during Game 3 when the Pelicans gave oh, a 20 God. Um, send Monty, send Monty Williams to Angola. Oh my God, poor Monty, poor Monty Williams. Um, I don't, you know, the Pelican House—they have 136 draft beers. You needed them all. They have—they had hard liquor. They should have given out free entrees. I don't know to get people through. People were probably looking for a, uh, a cliffs to jump off of. But the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. You know, I gotta hand it to the fans. Um, game four, I—I I, I, I kind of figured that. It would be hard to create a good atmosphere after witnessing game three. And by the end there, I felt like they were kind of still in it, uh, supportive of the team. I, I, it was good to see that. They didn't roll over like Toronto. Right. So, uh, which gives them. So, the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you should support them because they support us. All right, it's the draft. It's the final. I, ho- I hope the Pelican House is still standing after the weather. Today. I know. Dave is not with us, our fearless leader, because his power's out until 11. Uh, Kevin is MIA. I don't know where he is. He's probably wrestling or filming another wrestling video. Um, Hopefully, so, uh, all our listeners in the New Orleans area and Baton Rouge it's, are, are it's safe. Like, it's like a mini hurricane go through there. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, so all those people DMing me, asking me where my Channel Four column was today. Man, they had disaster weather. Man, they ain't putting up Saints columns. So it'll be up this week, I'm sure. Um, you know, and we'll we'll since Dave and Kevin aren't here today, we'll we may postpone the the Sean Payton best draft pick bracket, but we have all summer, so we'll keep doing that. Look, Andrew. We get down to this the end of this draft. We, we've been discussing it as ad nauseum. Um, unfortunately, another player got arrested today. Shane Ray got arrested, pulled over for driving in the right-hand lane or driving in the left-hand lane, and uh, he had pot in the car. Um, smart. Smart, smart. Uh, Very smart. He, he's probably going to be one of the guys in the bullpen maybe, um, for the same little cloud, whatever you call it. Um as we get to this, um, what are you thinking how the draft is – not who the Saints necessarily are pick, but how are you feeling it's going to go? And is there anybody that if I would have said to you two weeks ago, this guy, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy, he, 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 he's going to be there for, for them. The Saints are going to have to make a decision on that guy at 13 or yeah. – I don't think that guy's going to be there, but that something has changed where you look at all these mocks and you read all the things and you're like, oh, my God, I don't think player X is going to be there now. What's changed? Well, I think Beasley had a shot at falling um, to 13, and I think with the Gregory stuff and now the Shane Ray stuff that's come out, I just think I, I think the thing the Saints really had going for it was that Beasley is a 3-4 is a outside linebacker exclusively. And when you have a guy that only fits – half the schemes and he plays a very specific position uh, some teams are going to rule him out purely based on schematics and um you know now 
I think he kind of moves ahead of a lot of these pass rushers. And, yeah. you know, I, I think Bud Dupree's at risk now. I mean, he's a guy that I figured was a sure, for sure thing at 13. Um, I'll tell you, the more and more I, I look at these mock drafts, I'm starting to think Trey Wayans, who was a guy I thought might not be available, and, and Danny Shelton, uh, who I thought could be a top six pick. Um, I'm thinking those guys might fall. So those are guys to take a look at. Um, you know, the mocks are all over the place. And, you know, I think there, there's consensus. There's, there isn't even consensus, consensus with the second pick. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But I think if you're the Saints, the main thing I'm looking at right now and the way I see this is you look at all the needs the Saints have. And a lot of these mocks have the Saints taken a receiver either 13 or 31. And I personally don't see that happening because this draft is so deep at receiver. You could see a receiver. You could still get a good one in the third or maybe even the fifth round. Same thing with corner. Um, it's pretty deep at that position. So you look at the positions, defensive line, pass rusher, offensive tackle. Um, those are positions where the talent's going to go pretty quick. And so I think if the Saints are targeting those positions, those first three rounds, you know, maybe inside linebacker too, um, you know, they're going to get three out of those four positions sealed up. Um, and there's going to be one left open. Um, and so that, that, that's kind of the question is I keep doing these mock simulators. And you can't so kind of, it all. You can't yeah, it. yeah, you can. And so I'm trying to prepare myself for all these different scenarios. And the one I keep coming back to is there's really four positions I want filled with those first three picks and it's not going to happen. So the question is, which one is it going to be? Um, and again, I think it's, it's tackle pass rusher inside linebacker, and um corner and corner well corner you know again like you could get that but it's really it's defensive line you know is the other one you know and i, I don't consider pass rusher and defensive line in a three four system necessarily the same thing i think what you want as a saints fan really and in, in a guy that is is legitimately could be picked in the top 12 that is a really good sign for the saints and a really good thing is Gurley, the running back from georgia and I think there's a couple. I think of, we have to hope he does get picked. In the I, that's what I'm saying. I think. Yeah. I think. I think Atlanta could pick him at eight. I know they say they want a defensive player, but and they're thinking of trading up. But that could be all draft ABS. I think the Rams they need a running back. Uh, Zach Stacy was a bust last year. He was hurt. Um, their running backs are terrible. They could pick him. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. I mean Minnesota, but Minnesota. If, if they're looking to unload AP. Yeah, but I, everything I've read from them, they're kind of digging in their heels with Peterson, and they're like, look, you're either playing for us or you're not playing. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it could be. Or even, who does Cleveland have at their – I mean, Cleveland's got a bunch of meh running backs. Yeah. I mean, so Cleveland could, could go uh, running back. So you want you – want, if Gurley gets picked – Good on Cleveland for that uh, Trent Richardson trade, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know – you could have if if Gurley goes in the top twelve, that's a that's a win for the Saints or a third receiver if Dante Parker goes in the Devante. top. Devontae. Yeah, if he if he goes if he goes in thirteen in the top twelve, you get three received. Then another, you know, because eventually, like all these players can't draft. I think the question is for the for for me in the draft is as I want Lyle Collins for LSU, you know, short of crazy stuff happening i you know somebody crazy drops i want him because i know you said your positions you want filled but i feel like that yeah they need a pass rusher obviously yeah they need inside linebacker but if they pick collins their offensive line right now goes from good to really really good and you, deep and, and deep. deep if yeah. you put in because then Let's say let's say they don't have hardly any injuries this year, and you add Collins. You go Armstead, Evans, um, Unger, Collins, Zach Streif. That's a really really good line. Whereas if you had an inside linebacker, or you had a corner, or you had a pass rusher, yeah, it helps them, but it doesn't make any of those positions great. It just bumps them up a little. That's I think, yeah, I'd be fine with it, Ralph. And like what you're preaching is a scenario that I would totally get behind and be happy with. I just, for me, I keep going back to the, 
the Sean Payton press conference was where he specifically says, we're going to use this draft to fix our defense. And that might be smokescreen, or maybe he still feels like he can fix the defense, even if he doesn't use the 13th pick for that side of the football field. But I just really think if they feel like they can get a different difference maker, whether it's Bud Dupree or Danny Shelton or Trey Waynes, whatever it is, if they feel like they've got their guy, that this guy is going to make our defense a hell of a lot better at 13, then I think they sacrifice offensive line because they need that dynamic player. Yeah, and I, the one thing I, I take from Sean Payton is he said at the owner's meeting, look, the most important part of a football game is the two yards in front of our quarterback. And if you win that, you win the game. So my theory is they're going to strengthen the offensive line. Maybe. I, to me, if they would get Collins or I like Danny Shelton from Washington. We discussed it before. I just think teams, they say, oh, he's not a complete player because he, he can't rush the passer, so I can't pick him in the top 15. Why? Like, why is it? Like, if you told me that he's going to be an elite run stuffer for the next five years, so what if he's only – like? So yeah. what if he's only going to have ten sacks in the next five years? It's if easy he, to credit. It's easy to criticize the shortcomings of a player. I mean, no, you know, they, they they don't all come out as JJ Watt. No, you know, the 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 number of players that are, are have no weaknesses in their game, you can count them on two hands. And I just feel like with him, I think he would. I mean, their their defensive line got got shoved around late in the year a whole year I mean at times and I just think they need they need depth there because I think uh you know Bunkley is old and injured and they need they need a guy there and I yeah I I think the main thing for me is if they're gonna use a first round pick on an offensive lineman it can't be to play behind Lolito you know it's got to be a starter it's got to be a guy that's going to come in and make a difference and for me the only two, I mean, Scherf and Collins, to me, are the only two that qualify. So if they're both gone by 13, then uh, you wait. Yeah, and I mean, um, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be opposed to them picking a, an offensive lineman uh, at 44 if Pete somehow dropped. I know you say, well, he wouldn't play right away, but Zach Streif is not young. Yeah, no, absolutely. Armstead got injured last year. I wouldn't be opposed. To, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, you know, the the interesting thing with this with this draft is, um, what are teams going to do that really want the pass rushers? And as there's a run on them, I wonder, Andrew, if there'll be a movement by teams, the Saints included, at 13 that start to say, oh, my God, we're at pick nine, and the only guy left is Vic Beasley, or the only guy left is this. Do teams start to get nervous? Now, I know this was interesting, and I'll ask you if you agree with this. The Steelers pro personnel guy said this is the best draft for three, four teams to find outside linebackers in the last 10 years because it's so deep. Do you agree with that? Uh not necessarily. I, I think in the first two rounds, you can definitely get a lot of guys. Um, but I think after, especially after the third round, I think it drops off pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that it, it's, it's top heavy, um, but I don't know that it's necessarily deep where, you know, receiver and corner this year, I really feel like you can get good players, guys that can play right away in the fifth round. Yeah. That, that's how, and that, that's what I consider a deep position. Um, now, the benefit of drafting outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme is that there's not uh, not every team needs that. So, you know, some of those guys, some of the, those guys are going to be off the board for certain teams just because of the position they play. All right. I argued with Reed from SaintsWin.com and uh, some other people on Twitter. They they were kind of convinced that, hey, Kyle Petty is going to be the guy. Is that his name for Baylor, the quarterback? Uh, at 31 yeah. at 30 uh-huh. and and my thing is I just I don't I don't see it I don't see I mean if they if they were going to pick if they were going to pick Kyle Petty at 31 or god forbid if they were going to pick Mariota at 13 they should have just traded Drew Brees and just blow it completely up because what was the point of trading 
What's the point of trading Jeremy Graham saying you're going to fix your defense and then you pick a quarterback at 13 or 31? That, that to me, tells me you're completely rebuilding. You should have traded Breeze and blown the whole thing up. I don't see that. I see Petty maybe at 44 or in the third round, but not in the first round. I just – I don't see it. It's Bryce, by the way. Not, Bryce. not Kyle. Kyle Petty's the race car driver. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I would – I think I speak for a lot of Saints fans, uh, and you know I, I respect Reed. I think he's got good head, and he could very easily end up being right. But I think I speak for the vast majority of people listening right now. Um, a quarterback in the first round would be a massive disappointment. So Shane Ray got arrested for pot smoking. So Andrew, does that make does that make it a zero percent chance that Beasley is there at thirteen now? I think so. I really do. I think you have you had to hope that if, if there was any shot, and I, I would have given Beasley maybe about a twenty to twenty five percent chance at dropping to thirteen. Um, I think for that to happen, you would have needed other teams to value both Shane Ray and Randy Gregory ahead of him. Uh, and with what's been going on with Randy Gregory, I think that that that's not going to happen. And now Shane Ray, the double whammy. I just, I, I think that's a death blow to the Saints' chances of landing Beasley at 13. Yeah, I I'm, really do. I said it on the draft cast we did, and I said it last week. I, I'm with you. I don't like, you know, and I like Shane Ray a lot, uh, and I like Gregory, but I'm not going to pick him at 13. But I'm a little bit more. I feel like if either one of them are at 31. You got to think about it real hard. You're still, ti- kind of- yeah, I agree with that. But man, the timing for Ray just couldn't be any worse because no. at least with Gregory, you know, he he failed his combine test, which is awful and, and really stupid. But at least, you know, he's going on all these visits, and I'm sure the teams mm-hmm. are grilling him. And at least he's got an opportunity to to kind of sell teams on him and explain what happened and explain that he's not what what they think he might be. Uh, but with Shane Ray, like the ship has sailed. He he can't talk to anyone about this now, you know. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's basically like they they have to trust that oh this just happened, but we're gonna sweep it under the rug because we like how he interviewed. But the teams can't really ask him about that stuff now. No, here's my qu- here here's a, here's a scenario for you. And you. Would you be okay with this draft, Andrew? Would you be okay with Shelton at 13, Gregory at 31, uh? The inside linebacker of your choice at 44. So uh, Kendricks falls that low? Kendricks falls to 44. Would you be okay with that draft knowing that you didn't get a corner and you didn't get offensive line help in your first in your first three picks? I think I would be, yeah. I think, I think the like I, I told you before, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, there's really four positions I want to get out of the first three picks. Yeah. And, and so you, you're going to have to sacrifice one of them. Um, and you, with that situation, I've got a pass rusher, Randy Gregory, a little bit of an X factor, not really, I'm less confident in him than I would be, let's say in Kendricks and Shelton working out. But I think worst case scenario with those three picks, you've got two instant impact starters in Kendricks and Shelton that will help your team that will vastly improve how you do against the run. And you've got a sub player in Gregory, a pass rusher that comes in on third downs and gives your pass rush a little extra something. Um, Now, obviously you're concerned about some of the off the field stuff, but um, you've got two other guys that are solid. So I would be, I would be enamored. And then you can always get a tackle and and maybe a receiver or corner in the third round. Yeah, I, I would be okay with it. I just, and maybe it's that that long argument. I forget his name, but he's a Green Bay blogger, and he was just you know telling how the Saints are close to being four and twelve. And I argued with him for I don't know for forever. It seemed like on Twitter, and the only point that he that he made that I agreed with was the Saints' offensive line. If you look at it, Armstead gets banged up. Streif is old and he gets banged up and you got a center from Seattle who gets banged up and you got Jari Evans who's on the downside and gets banged up. So it's a concern and I just really, really want a, I want some youth and some 
talent. Some, some talent in there, and I want one of the first. I want one of the first three picks. Now that said, man, if you get if you got Gregory or even Shane Ray at like thirty one or forty four, man, I, and you just were like, and you just told them, look, you're not going to be, you're just going to be a guy. We're going to put you, just go get the quarterback. Sort of like, not to compare him because hopefully he won't have as much off the field issues as this guy, but like Alden Smith for San Francisco, like he came in for San Francisco and he was like awesome. From like day yeah. one, they were like, "Dude, you just go, go get the quarterback. Don't worry about the run. Don't worry about it. Just, just go." And if you got, if, if the Saints got another guy, if the Saints got a guy like that, because even Junior, as good as Junior has been the last two years with the double-digit sacks, Junior's never been a guy where you're like, your eyes go to him when you're at the game or on the TV and you're like, Haha, they're going to be able to block him. Like the saints haven't had a guy like that since Leroy Glover or maybe Joe Johnson back from 2000, where, where when they were on defense, your eyes were glued to him and like, Haha, they're going to try to block Leroy Glover and it's not going to happen. This is going to be awesome. Like they don't have a guy like that on defense. And that's man. If they, if, if you have a guy like that, Andrew, it just changes everything on your defense. Even if, even if it's a guy, that's just on third down and just in passing situation. A guy that's a dominant pass rusher like that would, I think it would help their defense immeasurably, even more. Let me ask you this: If if I said to you, you can have Shelton, who is going to be premier against the run, but no pass rush. You're going to have an inside linebacker that's going to be starter from day one, above average, good. Or I'm going to give you a guy. And he's going to be Randy Gregory, and he's going to have nine sacks, but he's just going to play on third down. What of those do you want? I think I would pick the first option because I think we're very quick to forget how god-awful the Saints <laughs> have been stopping the I run. knew you were going to say that. And I, I think I can live with, you know, the coverage The coverage just has to be better. It has to be better. But you, know, you look at 09, I mean, my son... You know, I, I had tears of joy this weekend. He he's almost five, and he specifically requested that we watch the 2009 Saints DVD. Oh yeah, nice, good. Um, out of the blue, and I was just like, yes. Um, so we watched it together. But you know, the highlights that I noticed was, my God, those defensive backs. I mean, not just Sharper, but Greer and Tracy Porter, and they were getting their hands on so many balls. They were picking off so many passes, yeah. and and uh, that that's what I'd like to see a secondary that's more active. Um, and you know, I just think that you're going to get more interceptions if you're able to stop the run because you're going to get teams in third and nines and third and tens and third and eights. And, uh, this defense just wasn't doing that last year because they couldn't stop the run. And if you're, if you give me Kendricks and and Shelton, I, I just think the saints could honestly, no joke, Ralph, they could probably shave a yard per carry off the average from the last two years, Wow. last three years, really. Yeah, I mean it. It it it's it, it's a because let's not forget, you know, 2012 when that defense rebounded from what was, or I'm sorry, 2013 when they rebounded from what was a the worst defense of all time, they still weren't that good at stopping the run. No, they were a lot better, but they were just they went from atrocious to meet to, 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 bar- to barely competent. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, what they did in 2013 is. They did that old Saints thing where a lot of times they'd get ahead in games and teams would have to abandon the run, and that would yep. help. And that would help them, you know. Um, like when they played Dallas on a Monday, they played Dallas on a Sunday night. They just kick them in the kick them in the nuts. Carolina on Sunday night, they just kick them in the nuts. And when you're down, you know, when a team's down 24 to seven, they can't run. Um, yeah, so that's. I still maintain the one thing that's really missing from this Rob Ryan defense that allows Ryan to kind of call it and set it up the way he wants is that dominant plug nose tackle um, that, and and if you're going to do a three, four, right, it all starts with that. And I I just think they were hoping John Jenkins would be that guy. He kind of regressed in year two. And so I think because of that regression, they were like, well, shit, we probably need to bring Bunkley back. Yeah. You know, hopefully he'll come back again at a discount. But I really think they would have just cut Bunkley if, if Jenkins had been able to, to hold it down better. But I think they were not psyched about his progress in year two. 
And so now they're kind of hanging on a Bunkley. But in an ideal scenario, it's not Bunkley as their nose tackle. No, and here's the thing, and this is a, one of the things that I read when I, last summer when I was trying to educate myself on schemes and different things. I forgot what it was. It might have been like Total Football or one of those books I have on my iPad. And basically, they were breaking down Bill Belichick and what he does on the defense. And, and what makes Vince Wilfork so, Wil, Wilfork so good is that when he was in, at his best – Bill Belichick, he could Vince was so good he could play three four and four he could play three four on one side both yeah in the same defense because he was so good and knowing what to do and plugging the gaps and you know people forget like Rob Ryan before he went to Cleveland before he went to the Raiders he was linebacker coach for the for the Patriots. So a lot of what he learned on defense, he learned from his dad, obviously, but he learned it from Belichick, too. So that's a really good point. Now that I that just pops back in my head, Andrew, that makes – maybe Shelton's in more in more play than we think. I yeah. think so. You know? I, you know, he's in the cloud. You know, he's in that discussion of three to five guys that could very easily end up being the Saints pick. You know, would the Saints – you know they haven't they haven't traded down much with with Mickey Loomis in the first round. They did it one year in the second round, I think, and and worked out really well for them. Do you? Th- the thing is, we know what the Saints is though. They don't. They don't really. If you look at all their picks, they don't really reach. Like they've never. They don't really pick a guy. And have I can't remember in the Sean Payton era where they picked the guy Andrew and people were like whoa 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 they picked that guy they picked him like ten spots too high eleven spots I think I think Ikeem Hicks is probably and that was without Sean Payton is probably the biggest yeah. reach pick but I mean that's a thir- that's a third round pick yeah thir- it, as a third rounder yeah exactly but that's a third round pick and it worked out okay like I would yeah it's worked I, out well I wouldn't say that that's you know but they. they They've had a pick. People may disagree with it or whatever, but they they don't they don't throw Mel Kiper or draft guys into conniptions, which isn't a bad thing. So it just goes to show you, like they're not going to. I don't think they're going to pick a guy out of the left field. Who's the tall the tall guy from Oregon that you don't like? You and oh, Eric uh, um, Armstead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he's all he's all over the place. I mean, I don't think the Saints will take him. So, I mean, I just think, I mean, if if you pay attention to Sean Payton's press conferences and you listen to what he says, I think he paints a really pretty clear picture of the type of guys they want. They want guys that are smart football players. They want guys that like playing football. In other words, they, they like guys that are going to be in studying yeah. and, and, and dive into the scheme. And, and that's why, like, you look at the guys they've they've drafted: Brandon Cooks, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Patrick Robinson. Not all great players, but they're all guys that love playing football. And yeah. and you know I, I think you could argue maybe they're not that smart, but I I do think Malcolm Jenkins is is a smart player. I think sometimes there's physical limitations or what have you. But uh, oh, and tough tough is the other thing. He he really wants football players that are tough. And so I I just think Shelton. Is, is kind of has all those things, and that's why for me, um, he he potentially is a good fit. Um, but I, I really think 13 is tough, man, because it's so hard to predict how it's going to play out and who's going to be available. All right, before we get to Twitter questions and before we get to our final draft predictions on Twitter, I threw out today that we we're going to have a Muppet draft, and we're still going to do it. We just don't have Kevin and Dave here, but we can't do a Muppet draft next week, so we're just going to have a quick two-round Muppet draft with me and Andrew. So I get the first pick, Andrew. I'm picking Count Von Count because he's good with numbers. Eh, 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 eh. And, you know, he can go 15, 15 sacks. Also, this is one downside for Count. You kind of stole that joke from someone on Twitter. I did on Twitter. I borrowed it. So so here's the, 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 the... Count. He also has magic. He can he can make himself disappear in a cloud of smoke. That could come up good. The one downside, Andrew, is yeah, that's solid. The one downside for him is the Saints got to take him because he's got to play in a dome because he can't play out in the sunlight. That's a downside to Count. But so uh, that's my first pick. Who you got? Your first pick. I think I got to go Snuffleupagus. Um, you know, because again, you talk about. I, I think he's he's got the size. He, he could go both ways. 
you know, and I think he, he not only could he be that three, four nose tackle we've been talking about, maybe even better than Danny Shelton, but he goes both ways and you can put him at left guard too. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's a throwback guy. Yeah, th- my, my I like sec- Snuffleupagus. This, my second round pick, it was a tough, I was, I was, I was going to go stinky, the stink, stinky, the stinkweed, but he has a lot of red flags. It's just, obvious. he does. He Obviously, does. um, you know, we don't even get this. So I thought long and hard. They had a lot of options. Curly, uh, Oscar Oscar is another one that could possibly be a locker room cancer. Yeah, and this guy might be a locker room cancer, but I'm going to do it anyway. Cookie Monster. He could be trouble, but the thing I like about him is he's got a one-track mind, and you can just tell him, look, get that quarterback, and you're going to have all the cookies you want, and he'll get after it. Yeah, I, I think uh, Cookie Monster's fate may may be the the lunchtime buffet. Yeah, it could uh, be at, at halftime. Jonathan Sullivan. It could style. be. It's it's, ri- it's risky, but it's second round, so that's my that's my second yeah. pick. So who is your second and final Sesame Street? Oh well, I would say uh, Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle, <laughs> <laughs> the one that died of AIDS. And uh, I could make an AIDS joke, but I, I'll probably stop there. Yeah. So that's the uh, the two round Muppet draft. Thanks, Andrew. Yep. Uh, so now before we get to a lot of Twitter questions, which we have a ton of them, um, draft day predictions. You can go thirteen and thirty one, Andrew, for the Saints, and then give me a prediction of the team or the player that gets picked really high, and Mel Kiper and Todd McShay and all they all lose their shit. So go ahead with your predictions. Uh, I'm going to say, so 13, yeah, I guess this is it, right? We won't have another podcast, so that I'm, I'm, I'm committed here. I'm pod committed. Yeah. We'll review on Friday. Damn. Yeah, I mean, Vic Beasley, I, all along I've been saying I hope he falls, but I think at this point, especially with the Ray news, I've got to – man, you're putting me on the spot. I didn't prepare for this, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say at 13 – the Saints are going to have to go Danny Shelton because I think Bud Dupree will get picked ahead of them. They were hoping he would fall, but with Gregory and Ray falling to 13, uh, the Saints just aren't comfortable taking either player. Um, I have questions about Ray's fit in the Saints scheme. So I'm going to say Shelton at 13. And then at 31, I'm going to go offensive tackle. I'm going to say Andrus Pete of Stanford. Um, is the guy they take um, at that position. And Can he so, play guard? Uh, he, mm, I don't know. See, that's then, it's that, possible. Then that's a dicey pick because because the worry the worry with that pick, Andrew, was it wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily. But what if you get great health with your tackles? Then you pick the first round pick that's going to redshirt a year. Well, I, I think don't forget. You're losing Jimmy Graham, so you've got a need for a third tight end. And don't forget, the Saints like to use that extra tackle as a tackle eligible. And so they, even if he's not starting, they can find ways to get him yeah. on the field. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's just big, powerful, smart. I mean, he, he just has all the attributes that I think Sean Payton's looking for. And um, so I think maybe he starts as a backup. I think he's kind of he's too tall. You know, he's too tall and lanky to be to be a guard. Um, but I think getting a tackle is more important to them than a guard right now. All right, what's going to happen in the draft that's going to make people lose their minds? I'm going to say, I'm going to say a quarterback gets taken early after Mariota and Winston. Uh, Winston goes first, but I, I think we will see in the first 16 picks. Another quarterback, whether it's Hunley, wow, or I think we'll see another quarterback go, um, because that's the one position that always gets drafted way too early and gets overvalued because teams get desperate and they force wow. it. You think and, a team uh, would be? But I, I mean, think Bryce Petty or or Hunley of UCLA would, ugh, could I, could go like 16, 17. I mean, and they'll, they'll be like, wow. They, why would a team like? Why would they think they needed to pick that high though? Mm. quarterback of the future man yeah i'm gonna say there's a lot of teams with quarterback problems i'm gonna say my prediction is for the saints is uh it's gonna fall like i said and it's gonna be lyle collins at 13 
I'm sticking with it. I think it's going to fall that way. You've been, you, you've been as committed to that I'm pick committed. As, as Larry Holder has been to Bud Dupree. I'm committed to it. I wrote the I wrote 1,500 words that Channel 4 will get around to posting when the weather clears up and everybody in New Orleans and gets it, And I just want to say for everyone's sake, if this works out and Collins is picked by the Saints, Ralph's been really the only one. I haven't really seen <laughs> a lot of mocks. Even though I think it's a very possible pick, I haven't seen a lot of mocks do it. Uh, I haven't really seen any of the local media in no, New Orleans man. talk about it. So, And Ralph has been steadfast. So if I'm, this happens, you can literally just walk down rock, walk down the French Quarter with your pants at your ankles and and tell everyone to suck it. That's right. And I, and also, I feel as good I, – I don't feel quite as good as I did a little bit ago. I felt great about this pick a couple weeks ago. Now I feel – I don't feel as good about it because my theory was, was like, look, it, it solidifies the line. We get that. But my theory was is that all the pass rushers are going to be gone, a couple of the receivers are going to be gone, and he's going to be the, the best guy left. And, and and it wasn't bit that the Saints are going to take him and not like him. It's just going to be like he's the best guy in our cloud. We're taking him. Well, now – I'm not sure. I'm not as certain that he's going to be there as I was even a week ago. But my surprise, oh shit moment for a team, Andrew, is going to be at 31. And that's going to be with the Saints. There's going to be a quarterback taken there. It's not going to be the Saints, though. There's going to be a team that's going to. Oh, I like that. That's, they're going to want Hundley or they're going to want Petty. And this is why. The f- remember the first round picks, you get the fifth year option on them. I think uh, Kevin's getting ready to kiss you on the mouth. Yeah. So a team, especially if you're drafting your quarterback of the future or even the quarterback of now, you want that fifth year. And even if you're say, I'm trying to think of a team that would early in the dr- early in the second round that would want a quarterback. Say like the Rams or who else. No, the Redskins. Well, maybe no, the Redskins. They have, they have, uh, they have Kirk Cousins. Who else is, who else is in the, the top of the round? That would be in the top of the second round that would want the Jets. The Jets. Let's say the Jets are like, look, we're done with Geno Smith. We didn't pick Mariota at six. We want another quarterback. They could say, look, we want to go up in the first round. One to make sure we get him. Two to get that fifth year option on him so i think a team's going to move up for hun i think hunley is the guy that teams will really like i think it'll be hunley at 31 and i think the saints will get a second round pick and i think they'll get an extra third and i think that'll serve them very well and they'll pick whoever with that you know then they'll have the sixth pick in the the second round and their own pick um, so that's what I think it's going to be. I love that, and I think uh, I think Kevin is singing your praise right now. Yeah. He's I mean, loving him some Ralph. I think, though, the, the question is what would you – what would, if you move from like 31 – if you move from 31 to th- what it would be, 38, what would you get? What I, I would say you'd, you'd get the, at least the 38th pick. That you'd get their second-round pick for sure, and probably a third – I would say, Andrew, that's... Yeah, or a fourth, yeah, maybe a, maybe a second and a fourth, yeah. You know? But yeah, no, probably a third, you're right. You know, if yeah. you could, if they would be willing to do it, I know it would drive, I know it would drive fans nuts, but if you could squeeze a 2016 second round pick from a crappy team, to me, that's always a great idea. And I know... I agree. I know it would drive people crazy because you want players now, you want to fix 2015 now but man a, tw- a second round pick from the jets in 2016 you know that's being in the top 10 because they're the jets you know or like oakland if they wanted to move up for somebody you know they're gonna the raiders are gonna be terrible so that's a great idea so that's my crazy pr- that's one of my crazy predictions my second crazy prediction I like that one is i think Gurley and i think Gurley's gonna go in the top 12. I think, I think there's, there's that, that one's gaining a lot of steam because I just think if, if he hadn't hurt his knee, he'd be a top five pick and a team would be like, we don't care that he's a running back. He's freaking awesome. He's, we're going to, we're going to draft him. He's going to play right away and we're going to get five awesome years out of him. 
Screw that's you. Your, that's what Brian was, was telling us on the uh, draft podcast. Yeah, and he did it He's in the – firm believer in that. And he, he, did, he did a write-up from Saints Nation where yep. – you know, And that's the thing about running backs is I know they, they're devalued, but to me, like – you work, an elite player is an elite player. Elite player and, and a running back, you plug them in right away. They don't even need like they just they'll be good right away. And you want a running back on their first contract. It's the second contract that you worry about, you know. So if you draft Gurley and he's fantastic, you get him for five years. You're gonna get you, th- those five years. You're gonna get the those are the the, the best five years you're gonna get out of them. So I think I think a team I don't think a team will move up, but I think a team like Cleveland. Or St. Louis, or maybe even Atlanta. I mean, they, they need, Atlanta desperately needs a running back. They need a lot of stuff, just like the Saints. But like, it would make their fans really happy. I know if you if you read the Falcoholic and the people that are right for it, they they are kind of pro girly. Um, so Andrew, fire some Twitter questions at us. All right, here we go. Question. Oh, we've got a bunch from Wang. All right, first one. Pick one. Ralph's, uh, sorry, Rogers. Mike cuts out every time he's about to speak, or <laughs> he's munching on rice cakes all night. Oh, his mic cut out. That would be glorious. But that's a dig at the podcast and Dave mic cutting out. I get it, Wang. But but Roger, Roger, his mic cutting out. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that would be more embarrassing for him, and that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Right, this is for all of us, so all two of us. Wang <laughs> asks, number 13 for Barkevius in football. I'm assuming that's uh, f- football. I'm assuming he's talking about Zachy football. Uh, yeah. But he, he, he's saying, w- would you do it, number 13 for Barkevius in football, or you some kind of timid chump who's scared of success? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm unfortunately the latter. You know, I, I wouldn't – I Barkevius, I wouldn't do it for 13, but – Oh, I, I would trade 31 for Barkevius. You, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even do that. But I would say this. If Cleveland wants to unload him for a second or a third round pick because they – Oh, yeah. Because they think he's done, sign me up for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, another one from Wang. Assuming Mariota – uh, to Tennessee at two. Do you offer a third for Zachy football? <laughs> no. <laughs> Zachy football is fun, but man, he, he, I watched him. He has a tendency and he did it at LSU, man. He stares down receivers. I don't know, like, man, for a third, he could learn behind breeze for man, a couple of years. He stares, he stares down receivers like a 13 year old boy staring down. boobs. Yeah. But I think learning from breeze, you, you can't discount that factor. Um, I'll give one. Of, I, I'll give one of the fifths for Zach. All right, uh, Adam Fascia wants to know what happens if the Saints draft a QB at 13. Does it break Twitter and cause the Saints facility to burn? Well, it'll definitely break Saints Twitter. Like it. That'll be the that will be the oh shit moment of the draft. Like if if Mariota falls and the Saints would just pick him. I mean, Dave is uptown. I I think he drives over to the Saints facility and, and throws gasoline and. I mean, you know, and the thing is, on the Friday podcast, if that would happen, Kevin will lose his mind because you know what will happen? All the trade offers that the Saints turn down to take Mariota will come out. Yes. And then Kevin will lose his mind because because I'm te- I'm telling you, if 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 Mariota would somehow fall to thirteen. Chip Kelly, you could probably get a ton from them. They don't have a second-round pick to trade you because they gave it away, I think. But you could get their one. You could probably get stuff for next year. You you could probably get Philly's number. You you'd get their number. You 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 could probably swap with swap with them ones this year and get their one next year. Every year you get a loss that hurts so bad that you get about five or six long-time, lifelong Saints fans that say, that's it, I'm done. I'm never, ever going to a game again. I'm never supporting yeah. this team. Every year you kind of get that soul-crushing loss where you know five or six of those come out of the woodwork. I think if the Saints picked a quarterback at 13, 
you would get about a hundred of them on Twitter yeah, yeah. at once. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. We have one from Skooks. And he wants to know, can we bus some of the fans up to Chicago just so they can boo Monty Williams when the Saints pick? Oh, is Monty Williams going to make the pick for the Saints? That's, that's, that that's news to me. I didn't know that. I don't know. Poor Monty Williams. I mean, yeah, I feel bad for him. I feel bad. Here's the thing. I, I, I want him fired, but, but I feel bad. for him. I like the guy and I don't blame him completely. But here's the thing with money. But dude, cry me a river, man. Come on. How many how many coaches in all professional sports have been booed before? Get over it. I mean, I, I don't think he's good. He's not going to win. He's, he's not going like to win. You, I'm sorry, but if you can't handle getting booed, you're in the wrong business. Let's, I don't, not, let's not make this out to be like it's something unique to New Orleans, like no other cities boo their coaches. Yes. I mean, here's the thing. Anthony... Davis said that he's going to take the 140 million. That's a business decision whether Monty's here or not. I mean, I would say I don't know. I mean, Monty's a lame. Dell Demps' contract is up after this year. His contract is up, and then Monty Williams got one year left. I don't know. I don't know if they would go lame duck next year with Monty, but we'll see. This is it's, there's other Hornet podcasts, but um. Yeah. Continue on. Um, so a bunch more from Wang. Right. Uh, he wants to know, pick 13 and 31 based solely on who's more likely to shut that shit down when Roger goes in for the dad hug. Oh, dude. That's, that's what I want to know. Dude, that's crit. I don't I don't know enough about the players to know who who's likely to shut it down. But I will say if they sh- if the Saints guy. I mean, I, I like Lel Collins as a possibility because he, he's a homer. Yeah. Like if, but the thing is, like, if if the Saints drafted Collins, let's say at thirteen, and he didn't give Roger Goodell the dad hug after the first twelve did, ESPN would make a stink about it, but Saints Twitter would love him forever. Oh yeah, there there would be nothing he could do wrong at that no, point. No, that'd be like he's a LSU, he's a homer pick, and he just stiffed Goodell. We love you. You're probably eighty percent of the way to the Saints Hall of Fame. All right, Wang asked this one specifically for you, Ralph. Yeah. Scenario, yeah. Cubs-Stros World Series. Do you and I high-five, fight, or both just turn heel on tennis guy? No, I think I think, I think, think, Wang, you got it all wrong. If, you got, if the Astros and the Cubs are in the World Series, me and you need to go halvesies on a bunker because the world is ending. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. All right, we've got Cap Kirk. But they're uh, seven in first place by two games. The Astros, just just so you know. At two shrimp twenty four, Captain Kirk asks, "What are the chances of the Saints moving up from thirteen? Well, if you ask Kevin, uh, <laughs> he he's gonna melt down, and and we may never hear from him again if the Saints do that. But uh, I, I don't think you can rule it out just because it. The Saints are always going to be address, aggressive in the draft, but I, I don't think they want to give up assets this time. Yeah. I really think they need these picks to add a number of players. So I'm going to say it's fairly fairly unlikely. Here's a, here's a fun scenario for you, Andrew, though. What if Leonard Williams falls to, to five to five or six Oof. and the saints make the call and who, who picks, who picks the jets pick sixth. So let's say they call up the jets and they say, Hey jets, we'll go from, we'll go from 13 to six. We're not going to give you 31, but we'll give you our second or the two threes. What do you want? Do you think, the Jets would do it, and if they said yes, would you be for it? <sighs> say it's the two. That, that was my Kevin impression. Say it's the say it's both the thirds to get Leonard Williams. Man, I think you got to do it. I think you have to. I think he's that good. Yep, that's probably the only sin. Leonard Williams is the only player in this draft I would move up for, honestly. You think he's maybe that good. Amari Cooper, but I, I just think right now the Saints are more desperate. You think their you defense. think he's that good? I do. 
It's not so much. I mean, it's that I think he's so good, but it's also that I think he is the the least likely to be a bust of any player in this draft. Gotcha. All right. um, Another hypothetical for Mwang. He wants to know Saints could draft. So hypothetical, Ralph. Yeah. Saints could draft a first ballot Hall of Famer at 13, but it would prove Stujo for right somehow. So you trade back then? Yeah, yeah, you trade back. You trade back. Yeah. You trade. You, you trade back. Yeah. All right. Uh, Don Takano wants to know: Will Kevin ever wrestle a live Nutria rat? No, but we're going to talk about it next week. I'm going to mention it on the podcast here. Kevin's got a hype video that he had. I don't know if he did it or he had somebody do it for him. It's really well done, but it's really freaky because he's wearing a Civil War. Union soldier outfit with a female Mardi Gras mask. It's really, really weird. Yeah, it's disturbing. It is. It's it's got it's got like a Civil War eyes wide shut combo going. All right, let, let's go rapid fire here. Okay, okay. Um, Monadula wants to know: Will the evening be long for a disappointing or exciting trade down at number thirty one? I said it's it's going to be a disappointment. They're going to trade down. Yeah, I think I think it happens, but I'd I'd be excited about it. All right, Matthew Hot Hedge, sorry Hedgery asks: If Saints don't pick a pass rusher in the first three rounds, what picks do they need to make to improve the defense? I mean, I, I think if you're not getting a pass rusher, the musts are maybe even two defensive linemen. Um, and and an inside linebacker. I mean, I, I think it's really got to be the front seven. If you can get a corner, great. But, I, again, I've said this. I think you can get a corner in the in the third round uh, that competes and, and helps yeah. the Saints. And you hope that maybe Canadian Dion turns into yeah. something. But, um, no, I, I really think it's got to be. They, they've got to get at least one linebacker, if yeah. not two, yeah. and a defensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, if they double – if they if they do the Jeff Ireland thing and, and – double up at defensive tackle or double up at inside linebacker and don't get a pass rusher. It'd be bad, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. We just have to hope that, uh, Cam Jordan can get back to back into form and junior Goulette kind of sustains where he's at. Yeah. All right. Is it going to die? Straight up at number seven and take Cooper. Yes, we, we've discussed this. He will, in fact, die. Yeah, and there's an article that I tweeted out, and it'll be – I tweeted it out, and I linked to it in my Channel 4 column. It's basically a pro f- – a football outsider's column, and it basically documents all Mickey Loomis's trade-up, and it uses hard statistics – well, as best they can of, like, value that you give up when you trade up and what you get back in return. And basically – it's nothing but failure. The only point that I would argue that the guy who wrote it was that he rips them for trading up for Morstead because he says they could have got Pat McAfee later in the draft, who's a good kickoff guy for the Colts. But I would say the Saints were absolutely right to trade up for Morstead. But besides that, almost any trade up the Saints have done under Mickey Loomis has been a failure. It's a failure. Yep. All right, this is a question for me from Super Saiyan Saint. Um, would would Andrew let Kevin babysit his kids for a weekend? Um, I would let my almost my my son Cullen will be five next month. I would let my son babysit my eighteen month daughter um, before I would let <laughs> Kevin babysit both. I would just let my son hold down the house. F- Figure out a way to feed himself and her. And put, uh, be- cam- put him on cam so you could watch him on your phone. Yeah, I would do that before allowing Kevin anywhere near my kids for an extended time like that. Parent of the year. Uh, love you, Kev, but yeah, no. Okay. Uh, all right, we've got uh, Skooks that wants to know. He, he assumes that we know the draft the weed guy theory that, yeah. from that Rolling Stone article. Uh, if so, which weed guy do we take? Ooh. If both of them are there at 31, who do you take, Andrew? Uh, well, it's tough because the the Gregory thing, the weight thing, is is kind of making me nervous. And then with Shane Ray, it's a scheme thing. I, I just think he's a four three pass rushing defensive end only. Um, so I'd probably go Gregory just because 
he he kind of offers more versatility. Yeah. So that I would think, be my pick. I Gregory too. All right, um, we've got I think one or two more. Um, let's see here. We've got uh, actually just Mitch. This is the last one. Do you still want Shane Ray even though he got busted for pot this morning? Uh, I don't I, know that I I don't know that I ever did. I like I like him. I do too. But here's the thing. I like him more than Brian Pavick does. Yeah, here's the thing. I like him. I like him at f- with the weed bus now. I like him at either 31 or 44. No way you take him at 13. No. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I would think long and hard about it at 31, but not before then. Yeah, and I would. Sna- I would snap him the hell up at 44. Yeah. Oh, well, although you know, yeah, you say that, but then inside if you, linebacker. Yeah. So that'll do it for the podcast. Uh, Dave is in the dark in New Orleans. Kevin is on OK Cupid. <laughs> and uh, Andrew, what do you have left for Saints Nation the rest of the week? Well, a couple good articles from Brian. Uh, I will be on ESPN Radio nice. tomorrow for Northern Louisiana, uh, kind of doing a pre-draft thing. So if, if uh, it's it's ESPN. I believe the website is ESPN977.com. Um, so check it out. I, I do that at 4.30 Eastern. Um, I'm on there for like a 15, 20-minute segment. So check it out. And uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, we're just going to have some pre-draft stuff. We'll have the podcast, of course. I'll, I'll yeah. put up my last Saints board that you can kind of follow on draft day if you want. And uh, obviously uh, intensive draft coverage and evaluations of all those picks we'll make. Yeah, and we'll we'll we're gonna have a live. We're, we're gonna we're gonna um. Kevin just texted me. I've been asleep. Fucking asshole. So we'll do a podcast live. Uh, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. We're gonna do it live Friday. I don't know the exact time. Thing but, thing sucks. But it would would follow us on Twitter. We're gonna time it to where we're gonna go for an hour. We're gonna break down Thursday and what the Saints did and. The Saints will make their second round pick in the middle of the show. So we'll have that to do. So that'll be Friday. So it'll be big fun. And of course, man, you know, Andrew, we're going to be, everybody's going to be on Twitter on Thursday. Just, you know, losing, oh, yeah. losing their minds. So, losing their minds. Um, so it's fun. I mean, I would say on the excitement scale. There, there's going to be some angry Saints fans, no matter what, every year. There, there's, there, there's some guy that the Saints pick that infuriates someone. Yeah, and I mean everybody's a draft expert now. That's so, right. That's um, exactly right. So yeah, I haven't been starting this, with us. Yeah, starting with us. So I haven't been this excited since '06 for the draft. So I mean this. I mean I think '06 is kind of it's exciting in retrospect. You know, I mean obviously the Reggie Bush thing, but we didn't even know how awesome that draft was until no, years and later, I mean. But, the expectations, I think, for this one are, are even higher. Well, yeah, and I mean that draft after they did it, I to be honest, I was kind of like, eh. like it wasn't like I wasn't like, oh my god, it blew me away. Um, but anyway, if only we could have known then what Streif and and Evans and Colston would turn out to be. Oh, the one thing we forgot to touch on, which, but uh, maybe they'll do it, maybe they won't, is the Saints have a propensity to trade picks for veteran players. So this is so, true. So that might be in play. We didn't discuss it at all, but that might be in play on Thursday and Friday as well. But we'll see you Friday for Andrew, for the MIA, Dave who's in the dark and Nola, for Kevin who was fucking asleep. I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, be well. Asleep hell? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Classic. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.